Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But you saw the plan I've wandered out in the world for years While you just stayed in your room I saw the crescent You saw the now in a situation where you've got these ridiculous backroom teams of 20, 25 people, you know, it, it's becoming almost obligatory. Players are saying, well, you know, it doesn't have credibility unless you've got a, a life coach. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Cavan backroom team. Have you seen the Cavan backroom mm. team? Let me start. I'll just start. Cavan GA management. The podcast will be all by the time he's finished this one. <laughs> just that you're not joking. Are happy, are happy to announce Raymond Galligan as the new Cavan senior football team manager for a three-year team, three-year term. This is the Cavan County Board website. Raymond captained the Cavan team to Ulster Championship in 2020. Uh, he will be joined by Eamon Murray, former Meath Ladies manager, as assistant manager. James Burke Mayo, head coach and selector. Stephen O'Neill, former Throne player, forwards coach and selector. Damien Keeney, Kiligari, selector. Andre Quinn, head of performance. Gary Rogers, Meath, goalkeeping coach. Patrick Galligan, Lacken, operations manager. What's an operations manager, Pat? <laughs> Ronan Flanagan, player liaison officer. Paul Gaffney, clinical psychologist. Katrina McKiernan, life coach. Good. <laughs> Paul. 
Paul, you this one here. Paul Kilgallen workshops. What's that? I, I'm not sure about that. Who was it said? I think it was uh, Kingsley Amos who said every, everything that is wrong with, with society today can be summed up by the word workshop. Patricia Feely, nutritionist. Those boys don't know what to eat anymore. Stats. We do, we do hear the stats team, right? <laughs> Feely Morelli. Brian. Brian, Brian, McDonald. Padder Soden. Kieran Dennehy. Finnborough. Do you think five people are enough on stats, but I mean, I think they're probably a wee bit understaffed there, you'd have to say. Fergal Brady and Aidan Smith, equipment management, right? Further appointments will be notified in due course. It's <laughs> <clears throat> 25 people already. They need a bus for them. But is that not Patrick? You're, you 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 took over the <laughs> the St. Vincent Swillers this year. But what size of a backroom team would you have now? How many stat? How many like let, let, who's your life coach? We don't have one. So the life coach? Well, no. Well, well you should be ashamed of yourself. No, Prepare to fail. Yeah. The lads probably are not too happy. We don't have stats. We don't. We don't have any of that. Anyway, no workshop. No workshops. No workshops. We we actually train. We play, and they enjoy themselves. But it's different at club level. I mean. There's a few. There's a few things here that I got got back involved with Dublin to 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 a degree this year, and to see where things had gone in terms of you know the commitment. But like all those people, Dublin might have had not not quite as many, but certainly a lot. But none of them are getting paid. You know, I, I, you know they're all Dublin people um, doing it. Um, but the players have got to a stage where 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 they want and are hungry for a lot of information and. It is what it is. Right? I'm, I'm not going to uh, say good, bad, or indifferent. But the, but the professionalism of those top teams in terms of really taking what what they do in professional sport and doing it on an amateur basis, which is what Dublin do, um, you know, it, it it has to be admired. But they're getting the best of advice. But but a lot of a lot of those roles, I would imagine, are not there all the time. You know, uh, you know, there's people coming in and out doing things. Which so it's fair enough because if you had the 25 of them there as the manager. That's now you're managing fifty people. Mm. So a one to fifty ratio in any business wouldn't be a great manager to, let's say, worker relationship. Well, like Mayo had, so it's too Mayo complicated. Had, Mayo had four managers this year, and now they've got three. Because Bigley and McKeel, I think, took the view. You know, I think probably three managers is enough. But like you know, isn't there? Is part of this you can't be you can't be kind of a luddite and looking back and thinking like you know you look at soccer but, but, you look you look at. When you know someone would run out, they could run out, you know, to treat a player with a with a, with yeah. a sponge or whatever. Like it doesn't mean like this. Alex idea. Ferguson famously said, when he was asked why he why he didn't have a laptop or use stats and he didn't have an earpiece, he said, "Son, statistics don't measure character." Yeah, but he was still. He you, was, when yeah. you when you break it down, I mean, it's 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 pretty simple stuff. But he is, was using, is he is he is he quick? Is he too? Mm, sorry, he was using, he, no, he was using them. He was using them as well. Like he may have had that view, but he was also. I mean, he wasn't. Get, when, Alex Ferguson was when, keeping up to date with every was. development. I'm not saying that he wasn't, but in the end, in the end, you know, it's 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 relatively simple if you've got the character for it. I mean, Patrick took the dubs forty sessions in a row, six o'clock in the morning, to see what they were made of. It was a very simple yeah. raw test, and the boys who came through that. They were the boys. You see, I, they I, were the yeah. boys who were hard to seal. And if on top of that you've got a Dermot Connolly, 
you've got you've got a great free taker, you've got the greatest keeper that's ever played the game, and you've got a group who are absolutely together and committed to each other, Philly McMahon, Michael Dar, all those boys, then those boys, all things being equal, are going to succeed. Yeah, and you see, the, I think the thing is, I think the problem with, I don't think a backroom staff per se is a problem. I think one of the problems with something like that is it get, it develops this sort of high performance ethos as something that is kind of ultimately kind of reductive, right? You do this, you do this, everyone does this. And like you look at it, like if you talk about Alex Ferguson, like Alex Ferguson's greatest gift, apart from motivation and being kind of fearsome, was this kind of endless kind of rum, love he had. And drive. For the, and drive for the game. But like football bloody hell. That, you know, the quote he said after they won the, the European Cup in 99. But let me just finish this point. Whereas you see somebody today like who is so high performance out of it, like your Eddie Howe at Newcastle United, who they play they play Milan in the Champions League and people ask him, you know, did you walk around the pitch the night before? This is the San Siro. They're playing in one of the great cathedrals of European football. And Eddie Howe, because all he's thinking of is high performances, it's just a pitch. It's just a pitch. And it becomes, everything gets bared down, Poor. poured down into, you know, this Poor. is a guy who says he will one day educate him, you know, have to educate himself about the Saudi Arabian regime that is paying his money, paying his wages, but he hasn't done it yet. And he has this relentless kind of lack of curiosity about the world, which is kind of not what sport is about. Because when you look at Alex Ferguson, you look at Jurgen Klopp, you look at these people, they bring a sense of wonder about the people they are sending, like Alex, about Correct. the people they, they are tap, sending out to and play. And they tap into that vibe and the players tap into yeah, that yeah. vibe. Like, like, like Brian Clough. Yeah. Well, I was thinking today about this when we were talking about this, the Bill, great Bill Shankly story about when he was asked uh, if it was true that he had uh, brought his, his uh, wife to see uh, Rochdale play for their, for their wedding anniversary. And he said, that's a ridiculous question. That's absolutely ridiculous, the idea that I would bring my wife to see Rochdale play for her wedding anniversary. I would never have got married during the football season. It was her birthday. And it wasn't Rochdale. <laughs> it was Rochdale Reserves. And now, and now you know, is, and that's... Yeah, and now this is what we're becoming accustomed to. This, there's a writer called Morris Brosnan, the Irish Examiner. Very good writer. Talking, oh, well, I'm going, to read some of his, I'm going to read some of his best work. This is him talking about Jason Doherty, the Mayo footballer, who, who retired from Mayo. And that's another thing that is, you know, there's always like this, almost a press conference when a player there. There was a wheel. To make it as a male footballer, Jason Doherty was willing to do anything, everything. Each required component was broken down into its own little segment. Piece by piece, he'd do what was necessary and colour them in until the circle was whole. He calls it a pizza. The slices are made up of sleep, nutrition, strength and conditioning, mental preparation, rehab skills and hydration. By the end of the week, each slice was shaded, first by hand, diary after diary, filled with scribbles and sketches and meticulously drawn spheres. Later, it became a one-note template. How fucking depressing is that? The joy, the, 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 the rigors of it all, the ups, the downs, the, 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 the depressing moments, the great moments. Life, life in all its glory. And that is what's being lost with this dull professional cadre that has descended upon Gaelic games. Do you agree, Pat? Yeah, I, I look, <clears throat> there's no point 
<clears throat> no point in me to know, like, you're going to do everything to get the best out of the group that you're, you're put in front of. And, and we certainly went down, to, now, I, I think in, in 2011, I think our backroom team was probably nine, maybe 10 people. Um, and that, that was difficult enough, you know, but, but, but we were touching into all of these areas to some degree or, or, or less. But, but what we had was each one of the selectors had a responsibility for something. Do you, do you know what I mean? They weren't just there to pick the team. They actually had a responsibility. So you had Mickey with responsibility for S&C coaching. And, you know, it, it was broken down. Paddy ran the logistics. We didn't have anybody else doing that stuff. It was a selector did it, which was the traditional way that they think would work fine for me. But your, your team, want to, you want to get the best out of them. So there's a lot of good things here in that people who want to get involved in the game who may maybe no good at managing, like there's there's roles there that they can do yeah. within their clubs. That's that's fine. And, and and it is positive and it is progress. It's where you take it to a level, and, and I'm saying this honestly, I look back at when I was playing and we only won one All-Ireland, okay, grand. We had a great time. Like we had seven or eight years that were thoroughly enjoyable. We had our ups and our downs. I mean, at that time, you know, Fellas would have had a few points to two weeks before I learned for maybe the week of a final. And we were aware of diet and we were aware of, and we trained hard. We trained probably as hard as, as the guys do now. But we had a serious life outside of football together. Yeah. And I look at the current cohort and the team, I, I manage the team over there in that season. And, and I mean, it's great. I have great admiration for them, but 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 they are hermits and, and, and they really do give everything to, to the sport I just in my own head wonder is that going to be sustainable for the game in the long term while it's an amateur game yeah. because when you're 18 19 20 there is a part of where you've got to get out there and make your way in life and you're leaving the house and if for six months and, and they do it and, and they don't yeah. complain about it you lock yourself up into that bubble how many more generations will do that you know so so for me the, 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 and maybe this split season is starting to move towards the, the pressure needs to come out of the inter-county game where it should be, in my view, more like international soccer, where you have tournaments and you have windows where it's played as yeah. opposed to it being all the be-all and end-all yeah. for six months of the year. But doesn't that complex? Yeah, what, what, when you have that, then the cult of the manager just accelerates too because you couldn't come in as a manager now with all these players who are almost expecting to, to sacrifice something, to win something, and say, lads, we're not going to do that. We're just going to go out and have a few pints and I'll see you Sunday for a match. But, but sorry, if, if, if it was like international, right, if, if you changed th this thing, and, and, and let's just imagine an amazing world where you had all of these centres of excellence that could give the right information out, and all senior players in clubs were at a certain level of fitness and your club championship was the staple of what went on throughout the year league and that you had a tournament for county teams that ran for a period of time during the summer. Then you don't have that hermit thing because you only have them for a short period of time. And you know what? They're, they're going to have, have fun. The fun part has to be core of everything in the GEA. And yet it is great fun winning. It is, like there's no doubt about it. But actually when you break it down and go, all those years where I didn't win, did I have a great time for... 50 weeks of the year and the week we lost in the final, yeah, it was bad and bad for a couple of weeks. But actually, the getting ready, the preparation, the going out, the 
like there is this piece that we, you know, I, I believe we're, we, we're, we're creating something that if you keep pushing the pressure on the counties and, and, and success and the success, success, success is the only thing. Then, then you are going to end up going down a professional the logical because end every, point. every yeah, other yeah. sport we, has we, done it. Yeah, yeah and you, if you ask that much of the players, yeah. they're going to eventually say, uh, uh, well, you know, why should we do this? Well, well, how, how can a player be asked and he, you're killing him on the training field and he looks over and you're roaring at him and you're going, you're getting a grand a week. I don't get a penny. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, there has to be a breaking point there where yeah. somebody's just going to I mean, say, look, look, enough look, is enough. Look, for example, right, we're very proud of our, of our dairy lads. Very, very proud of them. And, you know, the work that those boys have put in over the last three years, you know what I mean? And, you know, Rory Gallagher's a notoriously tough taskmaster, you know, as he was when he was with Jim and Donegal. And, uh, I mean, what those boys have been asked to do, and as Pat says, to set every other part of their life aside, you know, and the the, the concern that I have through all of this is that young fellas have to develop as well. They have to be able to lead lives. Like, no, no, one sees, no one sees our county players. Like, as Pat says, they live like hermits. You know, their, their, their lives are completely revolving around training, dairy training. You know, what's the weekend? Okay, there's the schedule mm-hmm. for next week. They get their list of everything that's going to happen day by day by day by day, you know. And a manager, particularly a paid manager coming in from the outside, has no concern for their actual welfare. All he's interested in are his wages, avoiding defeats, and competing. You know. Well, also and, and, and so what we see, what we see, yeah. what we see, and one of the reasons that Gaelic football has turned to such a dross is because a manager comes in and rather than saying, "Let's have an adventure together. Let's see how we can go with this. Let's play inventively and with imagination and with adventure," they say. The, fir- the first thing I want to do is to not be beaten. So I'll set up, just as Mickey Hart did with Louth, you massive black at defence, just as he did with his response to Jim McGuinness was to try and copy Jim McGuinness. Massive black at defence, playing all early final against Dublin, have everybody inside the 45 with one five foot five full forward. Do you remember that mm-hmm. we had one five foot five full forward and hope, hope that we keep the score down and maybe are close enough at the end to maybe sneak it with a free you know, something something might give for us. And we see this is now the model for paid managers all over the country. And so they come in, the idea is don't, don't be defeated, always be competitive, you know, always be able to sort of justify your wages. And that, that becomes the game. But you see, I, it, also, it also becomes about justifying your own existence. So if you come in and get, are getting, you know, what, whatever structure you've received to manage that county, if you come in and say, well... Like there's a famous story about Arsene Wenger when he was at Arsenal and he had his team so well honed that he didn't, he just knew what they, he knew, he trusted them completely. And they were playing, they were playing Tottenham in a North London derby and he was sitting in, the, in, the, in, a, in a corporate box having lunch about two hours before kickoff, an hour before kickoff. Kickoff came closer and closer and somebody said to him, shouldn't you be down there telling your players, giving them the last minute instructions? And he said, they know what to do. And he trusted them. And mm. he didn't feel, he was so confident, he didn't feel he had to justify his existence. But if you're a GA manager getting whatever you're getting, you're not going to say, you know, it's like the arms race. It's like training on Christmas Day. You know, well, do, 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 like, I'm going to have them in at six o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day because I'm going to justify 
my existence as a manager who's getting uh, who's who's essentially a professional, well, that's mm-hmm. right. and it doesn't it doesn't actually make any difference. But it but it it erodes the joy. It's also, I think, the lifelong bonds. I mean, I see, I see, uh, I see Pat with all his old players, and it's matchless. That's something that's very very special. When I meet my old dairy teammates, my old and given teammates, you know, when we have the odd night together, it's matchless. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if anything ever goes wrong for any of those boys, they pick up the phone to me or I pick up the phone to somebody else. Anybody needs help. It's exactly the same. Patrick has bonds with that Dublin team that will go to the grave. And that will be very, very special. You but, know, but, but what, that, bonds, what bonds do we have with Mickey Hart? But, 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 but sorry, just, just going back to that thing about, you know, I've seen firsthand Jim, Gavin, Desi Farrell do things for the make sure that a player was okay, that could have been detrimental to them being successful because they cared more about that individual yeah. in terms yeah. of yeah. His, his responsibility that when he was in his group, he needed to look after him, yeah. right? Now, that could have been to the detriment of them being successful, both of them. And I saw them do big things right. that really put the welfare and well-being of them. They, they didn't have anybody else doing it. There was no specialist in there. Yeah. This was a problem and I saw both of them doing it. But I, I remember Kevin Heffernan years ago, and, and we had to, we were having difficulty in Vincent's, and we weren't winning. And there was one particular guy who was particularly tr- trouble, problematic. Mm. And I remember chatting to him one night. I was the captain of the team. I said, "You know," I said, "At this stage, I think we'd be better throwing him out." And he looked at me as if you absolute tool. Mm. He goes, "That's what we're here for. We're here for people like him. You never." kick anyone like that to the corp ever. He said, that's what this club is about. He says, we don't ever let anybody go. If they're straying off, we bring them back. And you know what? It's probably been the essence of St. Vincent's surviving as long as we have in an area where, you know, we're in an urban centre. It's not the greatest place to be trying to play GA, But that thing has always stuck with me. My kids have played here, my grandchildren are here. Before the others appeared on the scene, we were an institution. It's not just a football or a hurling club, it's almost a movement. That ethos was always in Vincent's, it was them against the rest of the world. There was an instinctive, I want and we want to prove all the doubters. 14 Vincent's players represented Dublin in the National League final. That was our benchmark, and that is still the mantra of the club. I began in Vincent's when I was about four. The Mossy Quinn, the likes of them, would have been our heroes growing up. And you're looking up to them. They were obviously looking up to older generations again. Lar Foley, Mickey Whelan, Davy Billings, they're known throughout the whole of Ireland. When you come from that and you walk into the building and you see the pictures, I had a desire to try and emulate them. Tradition was handed down to us by the generations ahead of us. Paddy Donnelly's to the Heffos, to the Foley's, to Buster Laney. It was our turn to take the baton, and it's our turn now to hand it on to the next generation. When I hear Tomas is going to bring his Tomas, I'm very happy with that. I've taken a huge amount of pleasure and a huge amount of joy about being a member of St. Vincent's. I think I'd find it difficult to bring my son and my daughter somewhere else. It's part of how I identify myself as a person. True loyalty is being there when people are going through rough time. I think that's something that Vincent's people have about their own. 
been there for you no matter what. Once you were part of the group you were in, once you were in, everybody was with you. There's a fairness and an evenness about the place. Nobody is bigger than the club and nobody is ever put up on a pedestal. Like Dermot McConnelly, he'd be asked to go down and help clean out the lane and he'll do it and he won't begrudge it. You got so much confidence from St. Vincent's. Being brave and going beyond where you probably are good enough to go was always encouraged. Wanting to have a go is a big thing in Vincent's. What I got out of both, you know, Vincent's and Dublin, I could never give back. And, and, and but that's a, but that's yeah. But that doesn't happen. You see, people get shoved aside. But that's happening everywhere. Like that is oh, the problem. I, I, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it like it's incre- like. But it, you look at that again in in kids' sport all over the place. This idea of coach, you know, parents wanting their kids to win, care coaches like you know saying we're you know kids showing up and not getting picked in under twelves matches because coaches want Madness. to win win a game and a kid Madness. and it's. And it's it's but again it, it it all trickles down because everyone is getting this idea but, but you, of you know we must create a sort of a winning mentality we must win but, but must, that bottom up thing that GEA have done like not having competition as such up yeah, to twelve yeah. great idea I know having go games where every kid is playing every game like you look at Dublin you go out there's no kids standing on the sideline up to under twelve yeah, yeah. and even after that there's very seldom you're seeing kids be left on the sideline. And, and and that is the essence of what the thing is about. It's the essence I mean, of all sport. It is the essence of all sport. And, and I, I just wonder, and it probably won't happen in my lifetime, but I always feel that professional soccer in particular is the next bubble that's going to burst hmm. because it lives on one thing, one thing, television rights. That's it. You take away television rights, the gate receipts will not be paying the wages that these guys are getting. So if and it's probably not too far away, someone's phone can do a live stream that's good as a television camera, are those television rights going to last forever? So there is a bubble there because that is not... Like, is it sustainable for a guy to be getting 100 million a year? No, not unless you go to Saudi Arabia, which but, is but a it's, different... It's just... Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
madness. Yeah. It, it, it's but, madness. But the other thing about that is interesting because, you know, you've been in with us before and we've talked about, like, the the that kind of uh, union you had with the Dublin team and how you built the team and the, the spectacular characters that were part of it. And we had Philly and Ger Brennan in mm. and they told those stories. And, you know, they're, they were part of a successful generation and lots of them trained you know they, they may not have been quite hermits but they really mm. they gave they sacrificed so they much and yet they all feel and is it because of that that other part you talk about that they were when they were when it was needed they were still treated first as human beings rather than than workhorses that they all have they still have that bond they don't feel like they're not looking back and like going god we 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 didn't have that connection very, that we might have they're had. They're very very community people. I mean, yeah. We asked Philly McMahon, "What what is it to be a champion?" And he said, "To be a champion is is to to do something that will inspire people in your own community. You know, to reach out a hand to help someone who's in a less fortunate position than you are. That's what he's. He never talked about winning anything, and." All these boys, I mean, had a coffee with Michael Dara the other day. Oh, they're all the same. They're all they're all community people. And they've learned the right way and they've got those bonds of loyalty and togetherness that will live with them forever. You know, and what's happening? Like and, and I go back to Derry because it's topical. You know, we've got these bonds of loyalty through our clubs and our togetherness and you know, anybody will do anything. And then you've got the board who no loyalty with it. Like, do you no, think if they win this. stuff, it'll mean as much to us as more? No, I don't care. But, but it's, it, 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 like, I, I'll go back to this thing about the structure in the GAA, right? And, and, I'm, and I mean, I know we, we'll, we'll agree to differ on this, and I'm sure, but without the GPA, we wouldn't have any other counties. The, the weaker counties were getting such a bad deal from their county boards, and their county boards were so weak. They were never going to get anywhere. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. And as a result of the GPA, they've been held to account, which is, it took them to hold those, particularly oh, yeah. the weaker counties, I agree to account. Because the it, GA wasn't doing its they job. They wouldn't do it. And sorry, to this day, if they disappeared tomorrow, those guys wouldn't be getting expenses. They wouldn't be getting their training gear. They wouldn't be getting any of that. Which, you know, there are basics that you, you, oh, yeah. you deserve to get when you get up to elite level. So, you know, the GA, the, the, the way it works, and there's a great democracy, and it kind of works despite itself, but if you really, really, really want to level the playing pitch, then that whole structure needs to be reviewed. And and they, they rather than being administrators of fixtures, we have spreadsheets that can do that name. Do you know what I mean? What what they should be is the centres for sharing the knowledge of the game so that the game can get, the standards go up everywhere. Everyone's ambition. Like, do you think Dublin guys want to go out and beat a me team by 20 points? Or They want the competition. Every team wants a competition. Like, Look at France against Namibia last night. What is the point in that? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you would love a situation where the 32 counties had a chance of winning. That's the best situation. And, and, and every club could get a chance to win. But at the moment, we're lucky in places like Vincent's and in Dublin. We've loads of people who have the knowledge and so they can share it within. But why doesn't the GEA just do that and, and make the, the centres to spread the message? Because it's not complicated. This is not rocket science. If I can understand it, anyone can. <laughs> Not sure about that. But does it like Pat, you like you took that you know, you came back to Dublin, you took the you know, you became the like the most high profile water boy in, in the country. 
Um, Actually, I think, Dion, can I just interrupt you for a second? I think, Pat, that you did want to unveil. Uh, he well, has he has a new. I mean, he I has think... a he, no, but I'm quite serious. But it's one of the most progressive ideas uh, that's that's happened. And I think, Pat, this is your chance to to announce it. Well, uh, first of all, when I read that list in Cavan, there is no mention of hydration. Okay, and like hydration is so underestimated in the modern game. Like the emphasis we put on that this year with Dublin was huge. And I don't feel that as, as Marish because we're getting the recognition we deserve and I think we need to have our own association. What do you intend to call it? Now, the one thing I, I will admit that two linesmen did point out to me that I didn't hand in water for an hour and that you're supposed to hand in water as, as the Marish Um I think, I, I, you know, it has to be in line with the, with the GPA and call it the GWA. The, what does that stand for? No, I, what does that stand I, for? Gaelic Water Boys Association. And what would your what is your as a water boy? What is your philosophy? Just to raise the profile of Water Boys. <laughs> I mean, they're not on that list. But you know, it's, it's if, if you look around the Water Boys that are doing most teams, they're, they're a fairly decent caliber bunch. Yeah. Right? Can I ask you, Pat? How, did 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 um. Did you have to interview? Did you have to do an interview for the Water Boys position with Dublin at no, the start of the year? No, I did a bit of training. How does that talk me through that? We got to <coughs> you got to practice your throw. Yeah. Hey, everyone, where did it. you do that in the garden? No, we did it like we, we had a section lined up at the side of the training pitch, and then you'd practice the throw. Um, uh, you got to practice your kneel because. The supporters get very angry when you're standing up, so you have to be able to kneel for a long time. So you got to go do a bit of strength and conditioning for that. Would that be left and right knee? Oh, you have to be able to be ampy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. you have to be ampy needless. Yeah, and then you also have to be able to tell what's the difference between Lucas Aid and water yes. on the day. So how did you actually? How how were you approached? How did how did you become the water boy for Dublin? I think it, Dublin identified that hydration was probably the issue for the last two years. And so I did Did you have a PowerPoint or did you, how did you go about it then when you, did you, you know, one slide, bottle of water, next slide, next slide? I, I actually, what I did was I went with a flip chart <laughs> and I drew it and then Very good. I took out a bottle and I threw it. Oh, yeah. And there's you went, you're the man. Fair play to you. And tell me this, like for, for, a, you know, you've been talking a lot about pooling knowledge and, you know, the lesser counties. Would you, if it came to it, be prepared to to go to other counties and, you know, interview prospective water boys for them? No, I mean, I, I, like I'd rather, I'd rather focus, to be honest, on the education side and, and, and set up that centre of excellence for, for marriage kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's yeah. where, where would you, obviously that would be in Dublin. But I've got a question for you. How would that? It depends on how would that marry goes. with your your rule about the exclusion of cultures? Well, that's Dublin? that's what I'm saying. It, it, it just depends on that. Like it, it, you know, if that happens, then you'd have to have it in somewhere like Adlone. because Dublin probably has a good bit of knowledge around the whole Where water, water, yeah, hydration is is, yeah. is big. Whereas maybe you need to centre it in Adlone. Well, look, I think on that bombshell, Dion, on that bombshell. The, the, the G, you know, it's a new, 
fledgling Gaelic water boys well, today. First of all, congratulate you, Patrick, and thank you very much for coming into this. Before we go, I do want to say, you know, we, we've talked a lot about under the table payments. I have brought in, I'm going to get over the table payment. We've brought in Joe Brawley's favorite spice sardines, Porthos oh, spice sardines. Thanks very that's much. for you, Pat. That's, oh, that's uh, don't mention that now. Thanks. Uh, Make sure you declare that to the tax yeah, man, Pat. Uh, picked up in Robertson Dorkey. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, it's been great having you and good luck with the water crusade. Thanks very much. Hey, fellas with a million smackers and nervous indigestion. Rich fellas eating milk and crackers. I ask you one question. Are you having any fun? What you getting out of living? Who cares for what you've got if you're not having any fun? Are you having any laughs? Are you getting any loving? If other people do, why can't you have a little fun? After the honey's in the comb, all the bees go out and play. Even the old grey mare down home has got to have hay. Have a little fun You ain't gonna live forever So while you're young and gay Still okay Have a little fun Why should you work and save and save Life is full of ifs and buts Even the squirrels save and save And what have they got That's better Have a little fun You ain't gonna live forever So while you're young and gay Take it on the run, son. Get yourself some money, son. Do it all for one, son. Imitate your mom, son. And have, have a little fun. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.